Hi, everyone. This is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. Thank you for joining me on the Quipster Film Review Podcast. This is the audio version of my film reviews, and I hope that you continue to listen to this and to subscribe if you like the film reviews. Uh, I would also invite you to check out my past film reviews, almost uh, basically all of them in written form, with the exception of what you'll hear in the Quipster Film Review Podcast. You can also find some of my reviews that I did with uh, host Sean Harriet on another podcast uh, that we did for a while called A Geek Talks Movies. Uh, you can search for all of those in iTunes. Uh, my website is at quipster.net, and that's Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today I'm going to be looking at the second in the Maze Runner franchise. It's called Maze Runner The Scorch Trials. It's a uh, PG-13 release for extended sequences of violence and action, some thematic elements, substance use, and language. It runs 2 hours and 11 minutes. The main star is Dylan O'Brien, but also features supporting roles for Aidan Gillen from, from Game of Thrones, uh, Rosa Salazar, Giancarlo Esposito, Kaya Scodelario, Thomas Brody Sangster, Ki Hong Lee, Li- Lily Taylor, Barry Pepper, Alan Tudyk, and Patricia Clarkson. The director is Wes Ball, who also directed the first film, and uh, the screenwriter returning here again is T.S. Nolan, and it is based on the novel by James Dashner. It's a uh, follow-up to last year's hit uh, from 2014, just titled The Maze Runner. It's based on... Uh, James Dashner wrote the original novel for The Scorched Trials. It was published back in 2010. And uh, in this film, we it's basically set directly after the events of the first film. We follow Thomas, who's kind of the de facto leader of these gladers, the, uh, the teenagers who were in the original maze from the first Maze Runner. Uh, here that we see them t- being taken to a research facility where they meet this, uh, I guess he's uh, the main administrator called Jansen, who's played by Aiden Gillen. He, uh, Jansen tells them that they're going to be eventually taken, uh, taken to a place where they will no longer be in any sort of danger. But first they have to pass a series of tests and then they have to have their name called. So they're going to be stuck there in, a, in this holding facility for a while awaiting their uh, eventual dispatch. Thomas soon discovers that not everything is what it appears to be in this facility, and he comes to the conclusion that if they remain there, their lives are going to be in mortal danger. So they decide to take their chances surviving out in this uh, in the scorch, which is all of the environs outside of this facility or any facility that uh, that is not uh, actually being currently run by healthy humans. It's uh, the the world has become very desert like. Uh, and uh, because of what's called the flare, which made the world basically a desert, all of the uh, a lot of the water dried up. And then there was this deadly flare virus that has run rampant and has turned many of the humans into if infected, uh, miserable, deadly zombies. Basically, uh, they're called in this film cranks, uh, probably because of their nasty disposition, uh, hoping to s- just survive. Basically, the crew soon discovers that there are other humans that are left out there, and those humans may be instrumental in fighting back against Wicked, uh, which is the original organization that enslaved these teenagers in order to harvest a vaccine to combat this flare virus. So that's basically the plot, and um, as far as the film goes, Wes Ball, who's the director here, he is uh, taking this T.S. Nolan adaptation of the James Dashner work but it's kind of interesting because unlike many of the recent adaptations of popular young adult novels, this one really changes the story from the Dashner novel a great deal. 
Um, you know, other uh, other franchises have a, a large fan base of people who really adore the books, and they get really uptight whenever the films start to deviate, uh, even not even that significantly from the original works. But lately, we've been seeing some uh, ability to stray from that. In uh, Insurgent, it was very different from the book. Uh, they actually introduced a, a lot more uh, emphasis on action. The same thing is happening here. Uh, there is actually more elements of survival horror than you would have uh, found in the original books. And it's really trying to capitalize, I think, much more on current trends as far as what people are entertained by, not only in the cinema, but also in uh, on television and in books. So uh, writing that zombie craze, it definitely has affected this film a great deal. And also uh, there's a little bit of Mad Max, I, I think, that you'll see here, although this film obviously was in production long before Mad Max was released in theaters. Uh, it definitely is building on current trends and uh, for the here and now, and not necessarily trying to placate the uh, readers of the original novel. They say that the third film, which is uh, uh, coming out probably within a year or so, is going to uh, snap back to being much more of a faithful adaptation. But, you know, that awaits to be seen here. We'll see. If this one's actually pretty popular, you'll, you may continue to see some deviation. And... Uh, this one, for the, for those of you who are fans of the original work, you'll see a lot of newness here. You know, I've always maintained that it's okay for movies to deviate from the books if they actually, if they're not going to actually make them worse. Uh, you know, part of the problem, I think that people, you know, a lot of people complain that the movies are never as good as the books. And part of that is because the books are already popular and good. Most movies are not ba based on books that were terrible or were not successful. So therefore, um, you know, the, the, the rate of success is going to be lower because the books have already been concentrated to just books that are, have some sort of commercial or uh, critical appeal. So right off the bat, you're already fighting an uphill battle by adapting it. So despite continuing the name here of the Scorch Trials, there's no maze to run in at all so why they continue to call it the maze runner colon the scorch trials is a bit of a mystery although uh it's better than divergent colon insurgent i guess but instead we get this this uh aforementioned survival zombie zombie movie that erupts to make it a sort of sci-fi slash action slash horror slash adventure slash romance slash you know you you name it it crosses all the genres it becomes kind of a hybrid for audiences that are looking to continue to ride this current craze of zombies while the craze is still lucrative now there were cranks in the original novel it was much more of an airborne virus here it's actually uh, done with much more of an emphasis on bites. You know, you have to be bitten by a zombie in order to get infected. So it's a little bit more menacing here. Um, now, this is coming out only a year after the previous entry, but I will say that it doesn't look like a rushed work. It feels very polished. It has really good use of CG technology. It's very well detailed in the environments that make the world a much bigger place than we had seen in part one. You know, in the first movie, uh, almost all of it is set in one basic location, so they were able to uh, to keep things kind of limited in terms of budget, but also, um, you know, they didn't really have to... There weren't a lot of scenery changes because almost all of it was taking place in one basic 
uh, location, even though if that location was almost done completely by computer graphics. Here we have uh, several changes. You know, they, they travel from place to place, usually running, but um, and there are a lot of different characters, and there's a lot of extras. So this was much more of a uh, a, a bigger undertaking, and it actually feels much more epic in scope. So for approximately the first two-thirds of the Scorch Trials, I would say that it, it delivers really what you would expect. It has, um, yeah, I, I didn't like the first film, I should say, um, because I found the characterizations very bland. That continues here. The plot is kind of, it, it's basically plot point to plot point, and story elements are really take a backseat. When you watch the Scorch Trials, you know, you come in, when you watch the Maze Runner, you are, you learned a little bit of what happens uh, or what's going on by the end, and that gives you a little bit of a teaser. And you hope to find out in this film a little bit more. They they are very stingy about giving you uh, actually what it reveals as to what ultimately is the main goal of say Wicked or uh, or or any of the characters in this film. So uh, you know they're basically punting the ball to the next one. And in 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 this one, you basically get a lot of uh, treading water, but they really deliver a lot of, of well edited chase sequences. So it's going to this one is definitely much more built on action, a lot less on reveals. There's not a lot of story or character development here. Um, you know, maybe the 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 third of the film is uh, the final third of the film. I think is where things begin to kind of take form. This is the uh, the. the area in which Thomas, the, our main protagonist, along with a new companion he, that he meets out in the Scorch, uh, the spirited fighter named Brenda, you know, he's she's a potential new love interest, perhaps. They're off on their own looking for a man that can take him to a resistance group fighting against Wicked called the Right Hand. And here, I think that when, when it's just Thomas and Brenda, I think that's when the film actually appears to be taking a few chances with the narrative. We actually start to somewhat care about these two because now we're not in the group dynamics. You know, as, as they're a part of a group, everybody seems very generic. There's not a lot of time for actual dialogue. But now that there's two people on their own, uh, we can see that there's a little bit more to it. And what happens to them individually makes it much more interesting. And I think during this last third of the film, there actually are a few more chances that are taken with the narrative that hadn't been done before, so it, it's kind of refreshing. We get this drug-infused rave scene, something you weren't really expecting, I think. You get a scamper up the skyscraper in order to escape this horde of zombies, um, and then we get this skirmish that uh, is set to the tune of a Patsy Cline classic. Somebody puts on this music, and then we get the whole scene taking place because of it. Now, we've seen that in other movies. However, for this movie, it actually is... Again, it's something new, it's something different, and uh, for a film franchise that has really been very generic up to this point, I think that this is really the way to go. I hope that they continue to take chances like this, say, for the next entry, because otherwise it's going to be very stale, and um, if you look at, say, the Divergent series so far, which is incredibly bland, and it really does not want to take any risks whatsoever... Uh, because it doesn't, it really wants to ride the coattails of the Hunger Games. Um, it's nice to see that the Maze Runner is willing to, uh, do some risk taking here. It may be cribbing from other movies, but at least it's not cribbing from the Hunger Games, which is, uh, I, I think the downfall a lot of, to a lot of the pretenders to the Hunger Games throne. I'd say if there's a downside to, uh, the Scorch Trials, it's, 
probably the same one as in the Maze Runner is what you know you find you watch the story it spins its wheels for over two hours it's chock full of all of these side quests and distractions but the, nearly the entirety of the main quest uh, which is what we're really interested in seeing is still going to be under wraps by the end of the film it just basically promises yet another film and keeps you on the hook hope you know presumably in order to hope to learn who all of these players are why we should care about them at all yeah we have characters with amnesia and so we don't really have a, a real vested interest in them as characters with this lack of caring about the fate of all of these characters and of humanity as a whole i think that's been a consistent problem with the maze runner series so far it's the same problem that we've had with the divergent series uh we when we don't know what's going on we don't really care about which side wins or loses we don't care about these characters because they haven't been really defined they you know they they don't even know who they are themselves and so therefore the only thing that kind of keeps us reeled in is the mystery of it all and when we're being doled out uh clues as to what's the mystery behind what's going on in a long movie, you know, this is over two hours and 11 minutes, and the amount of information that you can glean about what's going on with Wicked and what the ultimate goal is can be summed up in about a sentence or two. That's really kind of, that's not a lot to go by. And so really the only reason to watch this movie is to see a lot of, uh, a lot of these actors who are very, uh, I guess, attractive to uh, certain demographics of the audience out there uh, to see them in action scenes galore and hope that you get enough entertainment value from watching these action sequences that you're going to be uh, satisfied as a late summer release. Um, you know, if, if you add to this, speaking of the, the attractiveness of the actors, every new non-zombie character that's introduced out in the wasteland known as the Scorch, you know... It's one thing to be in a facility where you're taken care of and you get regular showers and uh, you get clothing that's provided for you and you get all of the amenities that you would expect to be pampered with. And that's one thing, you know, where you have characters who are able to maintain a certain level of, of fashion and hairstyle and, uh, you know, nice skin and all of the other stuff. But when we go out into the Scorch, where people have been living for years and years and years, and everybody out in this wasteland is attractive. They have perfect hair. They have manicured nails. They have they have sculpted eyebrows. Uh, they, some of them are even wearing makeup. You can see that this is a franchise that's in desperate need of some dirtying up of its world and its characters in order to give us a reason to buy it as a real world instead of this glossy movie world fantasy. How are we supposed to be invested in this world as this this dystopia when everybody looks like they just came out of a TV commercial or a fashion magazine? You know, we, we don't really buy them as characters, and so... Uh, Yes, you know, they, they make these, these actors look as attractive as possible, hoping for, I, I guess, some sort of audience titillation or reaction to them in the film. But I think, I really think that they, they need to get away from that. Part of the problem that I have with a lot of the young adult adaptations is this gloss factor. It really doesn't feel anything more than a superficial, uh, carbon copy of films that you see with actual adult uh, people at the home, at the uh, at the forefront. So, you know, what, I'm just waiting for somebody to take some real, genuine uh, uh, 
to take a real look at these films and try to make them realistic as possible, even though I know that they're fantasies, I know they're sci-fi, you know, futuristic elements that would never, ever happen, presumably. But really, I, I really would like to see uh, a real dystopia when I when it comes to uh, the the future. You know, when you w- watch Mad Max Fury Road, there's kind of a, it's almost disconcerting because there's a, there's a scene in which you see all of the women that are on board this truck. Uh, they get out and they look like, you know, Victoria's Secret fashion models and they, they really, they even pose as them. Uh, but, you know, based on the movie, there's kind of a reason for that because they were being used by, by this evil overlord in order to, uh, further his, his lineage. But so he's obviously going to take the most attractive of the women out there and really take care of them. But, um, but it, but in this film, there's really no reason for it. I don't get it. it it's just uh, pandering to uh, audiences and their need for visual stimuli. I, I it doesn't really work here. And as as far as getting me invested in what's going on, I feel a bit uh, uh, removed whenever I see that. I, I'm constantly reminded that I'm watching a movie. Now, the Scorch Trials. I'm not going to say that this is a great movie or even really a good one, but I I would say that it's not an overtly bad one either. I'm scoring it uh, a tick above the Maze Runner. Uh, not really by a lot. I would say that they're very close in terms of their quality, personally. I think that uh, based on what I've been able to glean, people who really like the Maze Runner are not as happy with the Scorch Trials, maybe because it's a much different style of filmmaking. They really divert uh, the plot line into much more into this survival horror and these kind of action beats. And, uh, you know, whereas the Maze Runner was much more, you know, you're in a labyrinth and it was much more problem solving and things like that. So it's much more different. So it depends on the reason why you like the, uh, the Maze Runner. Um, since I did not like the Maze Runner, um, I, I didn't really care for the Scorch Trials for the first two thirds of the film, but it's only because of the unique chances that the story takes in that last third. I think that the last third really blows a, uh, a, this rare breeze of fresh air into this franchise that had up to that point been really content to play things very safe and not rock the, bo- the boat in order to maintain the formula that was set forth by the Hunger Games. So uh, I, I do like the fact that they're able to get some unique touches in there, things that you would not have found in the Hunger Games at all, something you wouldn't find in Divergent. This is this is wholly unique to the world of the Maze Runner in terms of young adult ad, uh, novel adaptation. So I really like those chances that they take. It, you know, it's perfectly fine for audiences. Uh, uh, this film is perfectly fine for audiences that are that aren't tired of the glut of dystopian teen adventure adaptations from all of these YA novels, and that veering off into inspired character touches and interesting set pieces. There's this really interesting set piece that's uh, there's a battle on top of a, a cracking pane of glass over a l- large fall. Those of you who've ever seen uh, the Lost World Jurassic Park will recognize this scene a little bit because there's a scene in which Julianne Moore, uh, they, they're basically their their uh, their RV or whatever it is that's going over the edge of a cliff, and uh, Julianne Moore is basically saved from falling from a certain height. Uh, by a pane of glass, but she's standing on it and it's starting to crack. And, you know, the, the scene here plays out a lot like that scene, except for in this one, we have the addition of a zombie that wants to battle <laughs> to the death on top of this pane of glass too. So it, it, it actually adds a further com- complication. And most people who are watching this movie are going to be teenagers who probably haven't even seen The Lost World. They may have seen Jurassic Park, but not, not even bothered with its sequel. So, 
And if, even if you've seen The Lost World, you've probably long forgotten that scene. Uh, because you probably don't revisit that movie that often. It's not a great. Um, now, the dim future of The Maze Runner, I would say it just might be a little brighter for those waiting for one of the contenders for the Hunger Games throne to find its own voice. And if it can continue its own voice for the third film in the franchise, uh, good things are probably going to happen because uh, this that's what's really needed. The Hunger Games does not need to be replicated by two or three or four other franchises. What needs to be done here in order for somebody to actually take the throne of Hunger Games now that it's going to be ending this year is for somebody to take... Uh, some of the appeal of the Hunger Games and do something completely different with it. And the per- and the franchise that does that is probably going to be the one that emerges victorious and not because the coattails of the Hunger Games is going to wane once the franchise is no longer in theaters. So I'm going to give The Maze Runner, the, uh, the Scorch Trials, three stars. It's not really my kind of movie, but I'm going to give it a recommendation for people who like adaptations of young adult novels who like these kind of teenage uh, uh, oriented uh, action vehicles, some sci-fi in there. It's very mild. It's not really a good movie um, by a long stretch, but it does deliver, I think, the goods that most people are probably expecting from the Scorch Trial. So I'm going to give it three stars, meaning it is recommended for fans of the series as well as for those who are inclined to like a movie like this. If this is if you look at the trailer for this and you say, uh, I don't know about this, it's probably not going to be for you. It, it, it's definitely, even though I uh, was mildly surprised by some of the quality of this film, uh, this is not something that I really would be enthused about watching again because it's not really aimed at people like me. I, I want a little bit more grit. I want a little bit more originality. I'm not going to really get it from one of these films. I get very bored watching movies like these young adult novel adaptations. I, I really want to see something where it's not glossy and everybody's not the chosen one of some sort uh, for reasons that make no sense. So three stars for uh, the Maze Runner, uh, The Scorch Trials. So I hope that you enjoyed my review, and I hope that if you do see the film that you uh, ultimately come away uh, mildly surprised instead of mildly disappointed. Um, and like I said, definitely keep your expectations low, even if you really were enthused about The Maze Runner, because uh, it's a it's a different film, even though it has a lot of the same characters. Uh, click the subscribe button if you are enjoying these reviews. Uh, I definitely would like to keep you on board. Also, if you happen to be on iTunes, please leave me a review. It definitely helps me out a great deal in order to gain new audience. So if you happen to, to throw me a, a good review there, uh, that's the best way that you can help this show flourish. Uh, also, check out my website, quipster.net. And you can find links to my Twitter feed, my Facebook page, as well as my contact information if you want to get in touch with me. Quipster.net. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. So until next time, thank you everyone for listening, and I hope that you enjoy your time at the movies.